Welcome back to episode two of All Dad Jazz. My name's Giovanni, your host, and I thank you for joining me for another weekly episode. So what I want to talk about today is marriage. Marriage is a sacred bond. Behind every man is a strong woman. I don't even want to say behind every man. Next to every man is a strong woman. Because my wife, not only is she incredibly sexy, beautiful, smart, she's a leader. And she gets shit done. Now, her and I, we've been married for five years. And, uh, well, it's going to be five years. That's right. This upcoming September. And I got to say, like, I'm really just fortunate that I found, I, I don't even want to say soulmate because I personally really didn't believe in soulmates. But I'm just glad that she is my life partner. She helps me with bettering myself. She helps me kind of grow up at times she puts me in my place as much as I hate admitting it because you know sometimes I could be very hot-headed I don't like to be wrong I don't like to feel like I'm what's the word I'm looking for like I don't like just being told what to do right I don't, I don't like being like a, like a pushover and uh, sometimes she just she whips me up into shape I feel because sometimes I know I mentioned last episode that I like to feel or I felt as if I was just a child prepared to have children, or at least my first child, and it just scared the crap out of me. But my wife, she's she can take on any daunting task, and she is fearless. And that's why I would like to dedicate this episode to her today, because she's changed me so much since the day we've met. And yeah, let's jump into that right about now. Her and I, we met back in 2016. I was living in Korea. I was here in the city of Ilsan. And little did I know that the day that we met, we actually met uh, on the dating app Tinder of all places. Now, I know from a Western point of view what we use Tinder for, right? Hookups, dating, maybe some serious relationships, but you probably get like 10% of that. But from a Korean standpoint, a lot of Korean women just use it as a as a foreign exchange app, right? To learn English or whatever language they wanted to learn, which I always thought to be super funny. Um, but sure enough, here was this girl that I just swiped across and I was like, eh, whatever. She's good looking. Little did I know, once we actually matched, like she was actually learning Spanish at the time. And I'm in, in no way am I fluent, but I can speak it uh, I, conversationally, right? I, I would say I'm intermediate level, especially now versus way back when I, I do speak it now. I'm actually learning a lot more because going forward, um, I'd like to use it in my future profession. Um, side note though. So long story short, we're chatting a little bit and it turns out that she wants to learn some Spanish. And so we're texting back and forth for about a week or so. And then we agreed to actually meet up. And keep in mind, when we actually met the first day, this was the first week, I think like first weekend of December. And my contract was actually ending um, in Korea in three months. So I knew, all right, nothing's going to be serious. Nothing's going to come from this at all because I'm, I'm dipping out. You know, my ass is leaving the country soon. It's kind of like my my full around year, if you will. And uh, so after we met right away, like immediately the minute we just, at least I locked eyes. Like there was just, I don't want to sound silly or anything, but I just, I just knew 
Like, I, my eyes were just so transfixed on her. Like, I just thought to myself, dear God, like, this is the girl that I've been chatting with? Like, her profile picture looked nothing like she did in person. Like, as cliche as it sounds, like, there was, like, an aura. Like, this girl just, just radiated beauty. Just, just gorgeous. Just gorgeous girl. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, like, this sucks. Like, I'm leaving now. And after I just met this beautiful girl. And so we go to a cafe. It was, a, it was a Saturday night. And I remember we went to a cafe. We were there for about maybe one or two hours. And she, you know, as cute as she is, she actually had flashcards. You know, we were actually properly studying Spanish. And I remember I, the entire time, I remember just, just staring across her at the table thinking like, God, like, I'm never going to see this woman again. You know, like, it's just really not fair. And it was just, I don't know, just one of those moments where you're just like, I don't want to say like down in my luck, but like, I just kind of want to kick myself in the butt. Like, damn, I never should agree to go on this this, it wasn't even a date, at least on my end, just like this little meetup. I knew most Korean women were still, especially in their early to mid-20s, still live at home with their parents. And a lot of them have curfews. So even though she was 25 years old at the time, I said, hey, do you have a curfew at all? Because I'd like to take you to some of my favorite bars. And sure enough, she her schedule was wide open. She's like, yeah, let, let's go out tonight. So we went to a couple bars, listened to live music. I showed her a couple of silly, like tacky magic tricks, like with cards. And she just kind of ate it all up, you know? And by the end of the night, it must have been maybe four or five in the morning. And uh, we decided to, uh, I decided to walk her home. And as I'm walking her home, we kind of stop in this little park. Because there's a bunch of parks everywhere, especially in the park complexes here in Korea. There's just parks and free weight systems all over the place. And so I put on some like salsa. I don't know if it was either salsa or it was bachata music. And I was like, hey, would you care to dance with me? It's super tacky. But she did because she was just so, just so carefree. And she didn't worry about people looking at her or judging us then again it was five in the morning who the hell's gonna be strolling through a park except you know senior citizens we danced and then i dropped her off and i remember just just i felt like i was just floating on the way home i mean little did we know that we only lived 10 minutes away from each other she just lived down the road and my in-laws are still there till this day um but and if you can't tell i i caught a cold over the weekend but i'm gonna power through this episode and so that was that. I remember as soon as I got home, uh, we were still texting each other. And I remember thinking like, God, like I, I have to see this woman again, even though I just saw her like 20 minutes ago. So I asked her if she was free for a brunch the next day. And then going forward, we, we went to brunch. We chatted every single day. And then after three months, my contract ended. I left in March. But before I did that, I, I asked her to come with me, to come travel, because I was going to go on this this great world trip for the next three months. So I said, will you please come with me? Um, maybe we can travel a little bit. Maybe you can come to the States and live with me. And she was all for it. Like, she wasn't even creeped out at all. She was like, oh, I only, I only know you for three months. I don't mind doing this. It's a big jump. Like, she just risked it. She took a chance, and she just put her trust in me and said, yeah, let, let's totally do it. And I thought this girl is the one. So right before I... Uh, left, I believe we flew, my buddy and I, we flew to Paris. Right before I went to Paris, I actually ordered uh, her engagement ring. Now, we were only dating for, what, three months at this time, but I just damn well knew I was going to marry this woman. And after that, my parents picked up the ring. I went to Jared, by the way. (laughs) They're they're not sponsoring this video at all. But uh, they brought the ring and met us in Barcelona. We all, after my travels, I, we all gathered in Barcelona. So young flew in from Korea I flew in, I think, from Paris. No, no, I flew in from India. I was in India for six weeks. Dear God, I'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, But then my parents flew in from Chicago, and then my brother flew in from Phoenix. And it was the first time we were all um, united after years apart. 
Um, so after all that, I planned the engagement, everything. So I knew on Mother's Day, I was going to propose to Soyoung. It was uh, it was in Barcelona. We were only together for just five months. And I remember the day of the proposal, I remember I was just sweating bullets all day. I was just like super nervous because I didn't know how I wanted to do it. I didn't know if I wanted to be romantic about it. Um, the one place, the first place I wanted to go to was, uh, it was a restaurant. It was right by the beach, like right by the Mediterranean Sea. It was just, it was just a beautiful night. The moon was out, full moon, everything. But little did I know that at night it converted into like a nightclub, you know? So it kind of just killed the ambiance like right away. And I thought, shit, like this isn't going to work for me. So plan B, I just decided to wing it. So we just strolled along the beach a little bit more, found a little boardwalk that went into the sea. And then I just went and popped the question there, dropped down on the knee. Obviously, she, she was super surprised. She said yes. We were all happy. And then um, just a couple months, the following month, I went back home. To the states, she went back to Korea to kind of quit her job and you know wrap up there, move some things, and then we moved to uh, the states in 2017. After dating for I think six months, so at the six month mark, we were already engaged and uh, living together for the first time. We uh, we moved to Schaumburg. Schaumburg's just a little quiet neighborhood, just uh, northwest of Chicago, about 45 minutes. And then after that, we decided to plan the wedding. So we set the wedding for September of 2018. And then March of 2018, we found out that we were expecting our first child, right? Our little, our little daughter, Sophina. And my God, was that just a complete shock to us. She was ecstatic. I remember thinking to myself like, dear God, this can't be happening. We're, we're preparing for a wedding right now. I'm not ready for this. What the hell am I going to do? Remember beginning of the episode, I felt like I was a, a child preparing to have a child. Like I just did not want to grow up. Here I was, this world traveler, just had a three-month world tour trip and 30 countries and I thought I'm not I'm not ready to have a child I want to get married I want to relax I want to do some more traveling I want to have like a three-year extended honeymoon but I knew reality just wasn't going to allow that to happen so uh, I mean nothing bad I, I, I don't regret it I love my daughter everything worked out all right um, but I remember that year was just a very stressful year because we um, you know she was working part-time I was working you know full-time but I still felt like I wasn't making enough I just didn't uh, a good I guess career I guess the bills were stacking up and everything was just kind of getting to me the wedding which is it came and went uh it was a September wedding um September 14th and we actually had an outdoor wedding in a vineyard in St. Charles Illinois and it was just a beautiful stunning day it was actually a hot day for a September day but it was a beautiful and my wife was already six months uh, pregnant at the time um but I remember as we gave the vows hers was like short it was like maybe two three sentences and, but mine had me like four or five, like uh, those cue cards, like just front and back. I remember just like sob. I sobbed during my uh, my vows, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like I, that's how I knew like this girl was the one because nobody made me this emotional. Like that's how I knew I felt hard for this woman, and just the fact that she just trusted me with everything. She barely knew me. She decided to quit her job, leave her parents, leave her family, leave her country. Right, come to the states, move in with somebody. And basically have have his child, right? And she's just a complete warrior. And the thing with my in-laws, obviously, but before they had, a, you know, a grandchild, like they just despised me. Even when we were dating in Korea, like they didn't want to meet me. They wanted nothing to do with me. And I don't think because I was a foreigner or anything. I think it's just because I was just dating their baby, right? Their daughter, like nobody would be good enough for her. So that was actually very, very hard to deal with, right? And believe it or not, I actually didn't meet my in-laws until three days before the wedding. Like, we got married on the 14th. I think they flew in the 11th or the 12th. And that's when I met them at the airport. Um, 
at least at least my father-in-law. I take that back. My mother-in-law, she did visit a year before when we were in the States for, I think, the first three months. She came to visit us. Every year, especially on Mother's Day, I'm just eternally grateful for Soyoung. She's given me two beautiful children. She's just a strong woman. Every time I feel like I give up on myself, she's she has this way of uplifting my spirits and making me feel like I'm good enough. I mean, yeah, we have our arguments. So, I mean, what married couple doesn't, right? Sure, she has her moments and kind of likes to put me down, but I, I feel like she doesn't do it because because she wants to. Like, she gets pleasure out of that. I just think she does it because she's hurt, because she's an emotional person herself. And this year has been a troubling, you know, a troubling year for us, especially. Um, at the beginning of the year, she, she was diagnosed with stage one cervical cancer, and that really hit home really hard. I had a I had a difficult time coping with that. I mean, yes, she was she was super positive about it. Obviously, she was like, oh, you know, we're in Korea. We, we've got wonderful health care plans. You know, I was detected right away, so they found it. So I, I know I'm in good hands. And I remember just thinking, like, God, I, I, I can't I, I can't imagine just saying that C word, right? I, I didn't want, it was taboo for me. I did not want to accept reality. I didn't want to accept the, the reality of it all. I, don't, I remember thinking to myself, like, you're way too young for this. This can happen to us. I wish it was me. I wish I had it instead. What am I going to do without you? What are the kids going to do without you? Like I was already thinking that far ahead. Like I, I couldn't cope with it. And it just, it really ate me alive. And I know her parents took it pretty hard as well. But I am happy to say after all these months later that they, uh, you know, she was able to get treatment. She, uh, they were able to remove it. So as of right now, she is in remission. So that's just a, a wonderful, it's, it's a blessing. I couldn't be more grateful to, to the doctors here. For their hard uh, for their hard work to do that I know sometimes in some marriages I feel like you hit a wall and that's expected from time to time I mean no marriage can just be peaceful 100% of the time I feel like anybody who doesn't get into fights they don't really invest in one another I feel like fighting just shows how much you care about somebody like you want to fight for them you want to get into arguments to kind of show like why don't you care about me why aren't you giving me the affection and for her she's just an affectionate person like she constantly needs reassurance that she's loved and me i sometimes you know i've always been a man of very few words i don't like to express myself i'm not very emotional i do like to suppress my feelings but i'm learning now especially because i have a son of my own now that it's okay for a man to show his feelings it's okay to cry i always felt like it was just a sign of weakness but i feel like nowadays that's not even a big issue. It shouldn't. It never should have been an issue. Being sentimental, sensitive, is completely normal. It's completely fine. And I don't ever want my son to feel just because he cries or he feels weak that he's just not cut out to be man or he's not manly enough. That's just toxic masculinity at its finest. And I will, I will refuse to put that upon my son. And uh, I just want to say to my wife, I, I love you very much. These last. Uh, Seven years that we've been together have been very rewarding for me. And uh, I care about you. You mean the world to me. And uh, I would like to go ahead and uh, end this episode. And uh, I will catch you guys all next week. As always, please head over to my link tree. There you will have access to all my socials, including my newly updated YouTube channel, where I will provide future episodes. And as always, tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening.